Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. But God has given us something of value. God has put this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his power. But it's up to us to be vigilant and watchful and not send an invitation right here because the Lord will protect you from evils and darkness if you'll just keep your ear tuned to the sound of his voice your heavenly father will put his hand upon you because we need to keep the thief at bay we need to tell the thief don't you even come knocking on my door I know what you're all about and I'll have no part of you John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10. Then then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. The true sheep will ignore the voice of anyone but the shepherd. Amen. The true sheep will only obey the sound of the master's voice. He goes on to say, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. I simply want to preach to you to the best of my ability for the next few minutes. Don't invite a thief. Don't invite a thief. The Bible says that the thief has a purpose. There's a reason that he comes and it's not to pat you on the back or to bring you a gift. It's to walk out with more than what he brought in. A thief has a purpose. He's there to kill. He's there to steal. He's there to destroy. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about anything but what he can get for himself. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So if we want to go in and out of the pasture that God has provided for us, we need to keep away from the thief because he's there to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. God bless you today. You may be seated. Once again, I'd just like to say how thrilled we are to have anybody that's a visitor today. Thank you, Heidi. If you're a visitor here today, why don't we give all of our visitors just a hand clap of welcome. And God bless you. Thank you for being here, part of this service today. I don't intend to keep you a real long time. We've got a long, busy day ahead of us. I realize that. Amen. Don't invite a thief. My grandpa used to, um, we used to have not a large farm, but we used to have a farm. We had cattle on this farm, and it always amazed me that when my grandfather would watch one pasture um, start to get a little bit uh, trodden down, he would keep the, we had three different pastures that we allowed the, the cows to roam in and eat, and 
And uh, Grandpa would keep the, the pastures, uh, the cows all in one pasture, and then as one pasture would start to uh, show a little wear and tear, he would go and open up a gate, and he would begin to call for the cattle. And I was always amazed at how the cattle would hear the sound of his voice, and they would come running and just go right through the gate like they knew exactly what they were supposed to do. And I guess, in essence, they did know exactly what they were supposed to do. I could stand there all day and call for the cattle, and they'd never listen to me. They'd never stop eating what, uh, what they were eating. They wouldn't even look up at me. But when my grandfather would call them, they would go into a new pasture, a greener pasture, a pasture that was ready for them to come into, a pasture that could provide for them. I'm just, uh, I've always remembered that. And I thought, God, help me to, to be able to trust you and know the sound of your voice in a way that when you call and you want me to leave one, one pasture and go to another pasture, that I wouldn't be somebody that wouldn't recognize the sound of your voice. But more than that, God, don't let me misunderstand your voice for the voice of another. Let me be close enough to you that, that I never forget what your voice sounds like. That's one thing that's always kind of bothered me. That's why uh, I, I have this treasure at home. It's a cassette tape that has my father teaching from this very pulpit one Sunday many, many years ago. And, and I've, it's bothered me that over the course of time that, that the sound of his voice after not hearing him for so long has become something that's slightly faint to me. So I can take that little cassette tape and put it in there and be reminded what the sound of my father's voice sounds like. Amen. It's something about being separated for a, uh, an amount of time that, that the mind begins to wander away from certain things. And, and I, I, God spoke to me one day and said, that, that's, the, that's the very problem with most people is they get too far separated from me. They haven't heard from me in so long. They haven't communicated me with me in such a long time that they no longer understand what the sound of my voice even sounds like. And that's a dangerous place for us to be because there is a thief that wants to come in and steal and rob and destroy everything that God has tried to build into our lives. I must know the sound of the Father's voice. A story that I was read many years ago. It's about a modern art ex exhibition in Switzerland where a crime took place. Somebody stole a book there. The book wasn't a book of rarity. It wasn't a book that had a valuable quality to it. It wasn't some old manuscript that was sought after and worth millions on a black market. It wasn't an old book of ancient manuscript, but, but it was a book that was written in the 1970s by an author that probably most of you have never heard of by the name of Abby Hoffman. The book is not one of great literature. It's not a book filled with beautiful poems. On the contrary, it is a book that is filled with advice of things such as how to grow marijuana plants. How to start your own pirate radio station. Anybody had that dream before? Like, I just can't wait to go out and start my own pirate radio station. But we live in a little different era now. We live in 2000, almost 2020. This was a book that was written 
in the 19, uh, about the 1960s counterculture. It was a book that was written on how to be rebellious, how to, how to stand up against a man, how, how, how to go out and make a living uh, by, by doing nothing, how to live in a commune, how to steal food, how to steal credit cards, even how to make pipe bombs. This book was full of things. It was a practical how-to guide for the aspiring hippie of the 1960s. Wanted to live off the grid. I got no problem with people living off the grid. I got no problem with, with you going out and getting a solar, solar power and, and, and living uh, your own way. But, but there's something about uh, where that all stems from. We have to be very careful that it does not stem from rebellion. Rebellion, the Bible says, is as the sin of witchcraft. And this book was a book that was all about how to rebel. It was a book of rebellion from the 1960s, not what I would consider really good reading. A lot of stores refused to carry the book, not because of its contents. Lord knows that a lot of bookstores you go into sell things that are filthy, things that you may not agree with as a Christian or a moral person. They, they sell all, if, they, if there's a dime to be made... A lot of bookstores will put it on their shelf. So that wasn't the reason. And the book did sell about a quarter of a million copies of this book. The reason that a lot of bookstores refused to carry this particular book that had these contents that I just spoke of was because it kept getting stolen off the shelves. It was hard to keep a copy of this book inside of their stores. What the title of the book was may lead you into a little bit of the indication of why the book wouldn't stay on the shelves. Not that people couldn't afford to buy it, but the title of the book that was written in big, bold letters, you can still go and look it up today uh, on your computer if you choose to. Across the front of the book... The title of the book was, Steal This Book. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened in Switzerland. They had the uh, the big art exhibition of which this book was a part of. And some thief decided to accept the challenge that had been laid before them. And he went into the art exhibition, and he stole the book, and the next day, the Switzerland headlines read, Thief Accepts Invitation. Let me tell you something today. It's never in your best interest to give a thief an invitation to come take something from you. Because there are thieves that are out there that are watching. They're waiting. They're looking for a spot, a moment in time, a weakness. They're looking for an invitation to take things that are of value to you. Things that you feel you cannot live without. They're looking for things to take away from your life. What the art exhibition in Switzerland found out is that it's a very dangerous thing to give an invitation to a thief. Wasn't too, too long ago. We've always lived in what I consider to be a fairly, fairly safe neighborhood. 
But there was a, a home that went up for sale, and then it became a rental, and then people moved into it, and, and the people that moved actually into the home were, were good people, but they had some relatives that began to move in on them, and the relatives uh, were a, a, a little bit on the shady side of things, if, if I can just say it that way. And all of a sudden, we noticed the different elements walking up and down our street that had not been there before. And it was just a matter of maybe two to three weeks where we started seeing patrol cars, police officers that were roaming our streets and different things. And then the news came that several people had had their homes broken into. Now, we lived in what we considered a fairly safe neighborhood for all these years. And, and we were the type, I'd leave my garage door open all day long. We'd leave the shades uh, open at night. You know, there, there was no problem cracking a window and not worrying about, you know, any kind of a sensor or uh, a way to, for, to keep somebody from coming into the house. We never feared that. But all of a sudden, everything changed. Because we realized that there was a situation taking place, that, that things had changed, and, and we decided that if we wanted to keep ourselves safe, if we wanted to keep our items as our items and keep a thief from coming in and taking them, that there were some precautions that we needed to take. We didn't leave the front door unlocked all day long anymore. We made sure that the garage door was down. We began to take things and, and, and put them into place so that we could feel safer at night or maybe when we were gone for the day or nobody was around. There are a certain percentage of people in this world that have an irresistible urge to steal. They don't steal because the item is valuable. If you went, wanted to, if you wanted to buy the, the book entitled Steal This Book, I looked it up. You can go to Barnes & Noble and buy it for $3.66. You can't even get Brother Hogan's book that cheap. <laughs> His books are worth reading, by the way. Good literature. I've never stolen one of your books, brother. <laughs> if I was going to steal one, I'd steal one of yours, though. Did I just say that outside, out loud? <laughs> the book wasn't stolen because of its value. The book was stolen because of the invitation that was placed there that caused the urge on somebody with that value, that mindset, to take it as an open invitation to come in and take the challenge to steal the book. Amen. On some occasion... A kleptomaniac may not even need the book, may not even need the item. They may even return it. Some people will tell you that, that uh, some of the, uh, uh, the studies on people like this will tell you certain things like that. They don't buy it because they need it. They buy it just because of the challenge. It's in their DNA. It's in their blood. It's something that goes on in their mind. There's nothing that gives the kleptomaniac, the thief, more excitement than the thrill of the theft. To take something that doesn't belong to them, bring them satisfaction. Something's wrong in the way that they think. That's caused them to take what is not rightfully theirs. The problem for the average person is that you almost never know who the thief is until it's too late. The thief may be walking amongst you, 
I mean, there's probably several of you here that, that have had something taken from you. Is there anything that makes you feel more vulnerable, more violated than somebody that comes in and takes something, especially when it's right out from underneath your nose? It's hard to deal with. It's hard to handle. We, we had some things stolen from us back uh, 20 years ago when we were building a house, and somebody came in, and they stole a bunch of stuff. Well, they, uh, uh, this thief wasn't very smart because he went down to the local pawn shop, and he, he pawned it all off and got a few bucks to go get his next hit of whatever, do whatever he wanted to do with it. And, uh, and the next thing we knew, uh, the, there were police officers involved, and, and he's being arrested, and he's in a lot of trouble. The deed was done. The, the goods are gone. If you knew who the thief was, you wouldn't unlock your door to him, would you? You wouldn't invite him in. You wouldn't let him come in and scope out your place. You wouldn't let him know what valuables you might have. You wouldn't take him down to your, to your gun safe and show him your prized possession. You wouldn't show him your gold coin collection. You wouldn't show him where you keep the checkbook or things of value. You wouldn't show him where the silverware was because you know that he's a thief. The problem is, is that he cloaks himself in some things where you don't understand what it is that you're giving away. And before it's over with, you give an invitation to a thief. And the next thing the thief is doing to you is taking everything that you have of value. Make sure if you knew it was a thief that you would not take your eyes off him. You wouldn't give him a chance to take what is yours. My wife should have been a police officer. <laughs> don't get nervous. I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't think. I, I, I'd call it a compliment. When we were first married... 30, almost 33 years ago, <clears throat> we both worked retail jobs up in the mall up in Fairview Heights, and she was a, an assistant manager over um, a, a women's clothing store, Jean Nicole. Now, Jean Nicole didn't sell big, fancy, you know, $200 dresses. It was, it was more your, just your modest clothing, you know, just a modest price clothing, and so uh, they didn't have, you know, all these things that you have on clothes now. You know how you go to different places, and if you pick up something else that's really nice, it might have one of these sensors that sets off alarms and stuff like that. They didn't have any of that, and that, 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 that store of hers was chock full of stuff, and they dealt with thieves all the time. Now, a lot of the employees there, they didn't really care. They didn't want to get involved. It wasn't their money. You know, they didn't have to pay the price. They just came in, got their paycheck, and went home. But my wife doesn't like a thief. And she's a little, she should have been part lawyer, part reporter, part police officer. I mean, the, if the perfect job was out there, because she, she loves justice, she loves what is right, she doesn't like somebody that, that, that tries to take something that doesn't belong to them, so therefore... She took it upon herself to be Jean Nicole's head detective. <laughs> and she stood up, I can remember, uh, where she used to stand behind the desk uh, in the back of that store, and she would watch. Now, now, they would have certain customers came in that they suspected were robbing them, but nobody knew it, and nobody really cared too much except for her. And so she began to watch, and there was a day when... When her watching paid off, 
Now, she's not big and tough and, and strong. I mean, uh, she's tough and, and she is fairly strong, but she's not big, okay? <laughs> Five foot one. But I will tell you this. When she saw what was taking place, it was something that was in her, a righteous indignation welled up in her. She saw the thief run out of the store, and the next thing you, you know is that little five-foot-one brunette is running after her as fast as she can. You stop right there. You don't, you don't you go anywhere. And she stopped that lady that was stealing the clothing out of her store single-handedly. She was chewing on her, too, just giving her the what for you. Who do you think you are? You can't come in here and take that. Those don't belong to you. All of a sudden, you know, the other girls that had all stayed behind and left her to go chase the thief, they called mall security. And here comes mall security, and they're trying to break it up, you know, separate my wife a little bit. Hey, okay, we'll handle it from here. We got it. There was more than one occasion when my wife stopped a thief. You see, the difference between her and the other ladies was there was a lack of care. There was really a lack of, of, of wanting to see what was right, but there was something in her that was different, that caused her to be vigilant, that caused her to be watchful, that caused her to, to, to see things that nobody else was willing to look at. And because of that, she kept the thief out of her store. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because the devil as a roaring lion seeks whom he may devour. I love one little word in that whole scripture right there, and that word is the word may. It doesn't say that he can devour whoever he wants to, but the word may to me means that they have to, he has to have permission from the one that he's about ready to devour. And if he has permission, that means that he has received an invitation. Amen. There are people that just don't put enough stock in their relationship with God. They don't put enough stock in the value of the Spirit of God in their life. And because of that, they begin to turn a blind eye towards things that God says, be sober on, be vigilant on. You have an enemy that is trying to destroy you. Don't give him an invitation to come in and take what I gave my life to give you. Don't let him come in and steal and rob and destroy from you everything that I paid my price for. The devil devours the ones who aren't watchful, who aren't careful, who aren't paying attention. He has the intrinsic nature of the thief. He doesn't kill, steal, and destroy because it will change his fate. His fate is already sealed. It's not like if he gets enough people on his side, if he destroys enough lives, if he steals enough victories, if he gets enough people that used to love God to, to sway over to his side that somehow he can overthrow God. He's too smart for that. He already saw what happened when he began to think like that. He doesn't kill, steal, and destroy because it brings more power to him or it's going to change his faith. He simply destroys and steals and kills because it's his twisted, rebellious nature that started thousands of years ago when God sent him like a lightning bolt down to this earth and he took care of him once and for all. But God has given us something of value. God has put this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. He's given us his spirit. He's given 
given us his power, but it's up to us to be vigilant and watchful and not send an invitation to the thief. Some would say our values are too high. Our lifestyle too strict for the times. My response to that is, I'm not opening any windows. I'm not opening any doors that invite a thief to come in and take what God has given me. I saw something on social media that somebody put up the other day. It said, we always hear, life is short, better enjoy it. He said, but we seldom hear that eternity is long. We better prepare for it. And I thought, wow, what an impact that one little thing had on the way that I thought. Oftentimes we put so much emphasis on things that are going to be gone tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. At the very end of our life, that's going to be gone. We own nothing. There's nothing here that we can keep forever. Amen. There's nothing here that has more value than where I'm headed. I'm just a pilgrim that's passing through on this earth. Amen. But I have a destination that I plan on living for out throughout all of eternity. And I want to make sure that heaven is where I wind up. And I'm not going to get there by happenstance. I'm not going to fall in by accident. I'm going to get to heaven with because I've purposed in my heart that that's where I want to be and I've got to remember that there are things down here that are trying to keep me out of heaven not because the devil gets any value out of it but he simply just wants us destroyed but I've got a God who gave me power to overcome everything in this world in every, every circumstance every problem every situation in my life there's the Holy Ghost that works in us Maybe not everything is a heaven or hell issue. I don't choose to get into big debates. I don't choose to get into arguments. There's a whole lot more that binds us together than it separates us. Amen. If you love God, I love you. And if you don't love God, guess what? I love you. <laughs> I love you anyway. Why? Because God has given me a love when I was unlovable. He didn't have to save me. He didn't have to give me his spirit. He didn't have to die for me, but he loved us while we were yet sinners. He gave us something so valuable, such a great treasure, an abundant life. Amen. God has given us everything we need to be victorious. There are some that don't see the value of a modest lifestyle. Some that have just pitched away everything that identifies them as being a child of Christ. Some that get so confused about, about everything until they don't know the difference between the Word of God and the philosophies of men. The Bible tells us about this, that there, there's coming a day when people are going to they're going to cover their ears to truth and they're going to seek after fables. They're going to seek after stories. That's why we must be grounded in the Word because it is the Word that we will be judged by. 
not some man's philosophy, not by what is acceptable to society, but by what is written in the Word of God. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but His Word is going to stand forever. Why? Because it's the only thing. It is truth. It is who He is. It's the Logos. It's God written down in words that we can understand and read and ingest. There's safety. There's safety in guarding our spiritual treasure. Don't send them an invitation. Many years ago, the Barton family that's getting ready to move back this direction, he sent me a text the other day. Looks like everything is just going fantastic. They're selling all their stuff in yard sales. They're getting ready to move back to to Sparta, Illinois, of all of all places. Something about home. I'm going to be so excited to have that family back with us. They're going to be such a blessing. I remember when they didn't feel so blessed here. They were living in a a, a nice neighborhood, and they came home one day and. Everything had been taken. A bunch of stuff had been stolen. David, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not a dummy. He's, he's pretty perceptive, pretty intelligent. He began to put two and two together, and he called the police officers, and they wound up coming in, catching the thief. They wound up getting all their stuff, all their stuff back. It all got returned to them. They recovered everything. But in the process of doing that, he realized, hindsight, that, that the thief had been there before. The thief had scoped them out. The thief had come in and seen everything that they wanted and had been there and had walked through their home. They had invited them in and not realizing that they had the mindset like that. And they had come in when they weren't home and things were dark and everything was covered under the cloak of, of darkness. And, and <clears throat> they had taken everything that, that the Barton family wanted. And so uh, David told me, he said, the, the saddest thing is, is even though the thief has been caught, and is being dealt with. The police have them. He said, I'm waking up to every single sound now. Every little small creak, every little pop in the floor. I'm waking up my eyes. I can't hardly get any sleep. It was telling me that he didn't want this to happen again. It had taught him a valuable lesson. He even told the thief later on when he spoke to them. He said, don't you ever, ever come near to my house again. And when he said that, something went through to me, and I said, Dear God, I wish that we as Christians would have the same mindset when the devil comes around. Amen. We know that he's been not there for the right reasons. He might put on and make himself an angel of light, but you hear the sound of the shepherd's voice. Don't you disregard the sound of your heavenly Father when he speaks into your heart and says, Hey, there's something not right here, because the Lord will protect you from evils and darkness if you'll just keep... Your ear tuned to the sound of his voice. Your heavenly father will put his hand upon you because we need to keep the thief at bay. We need to tell the thief, don't you even come knocking on my door. I know what you're all about and I'll have no part of you. I wish somebody would clap your hand right now to the Lord. Amen. If you're willing to set a standard up in your life, if you're willing to put some things in place, some safeguards in your life, 
not taking any chances when it comes to my soul. It doesn't make me better than anybody else. It doesn't make me any more spiritual than anybody else. It just makes me safer than everybody else. There's a reason that they keep so much valuables in a place called Fort Knox. It's because it's almost impossible to get in into the place. There comes a point in time in every person's life where we start making decisions about things in our life that we're not willing to do. Things that windows that we're not willing to open, chances we're not willing to take. But usually that only happens when we come to the realization of the value of what we possess. And if we don't see God as being valuable in our lives, it's so easy to take those chances, open those windows, open those doors. When those doors are open, they're an invitation to a thief to come in and steal and kill and destroy. Where music come today? There will come situations in your life where you will make decisions that are vital to your spiritual well-being. It happens to everybody. You'll be put into circumstances where it would be easier up front to tell a lie than the truth. But if the Bible says that to lie is an abomination, then to lie is to send out an invitation. One lie may not completely destroy your life, your credibility, your relationship with God, but one lie opens up a window for another lie to climb through. It's an invitation for something to be stolen. If the Bible says that sowing discord among the brethren is an abomination, and we sow discord, then we send out an invitation. If the Bible says that for a woman to wear man's apparel, or for a man to wear a woman's apparel is an abomination, and we do so, we send out invitations. Might you survive? Yeah. It's a possibility. It's a possibility that you can go for weeks with a thief in the neighborhood and with a window open and by chance he doesn't see it or recognize it, but it's a risk that I'm simply not willing to take. Somebody once said to live for God easy is hard. But when you live for God hard, it becomes easy. I don't set ourselves up any, any better than any, anybody else. But I will tell you this. There are some safeguards. There's some, some railings. There's some fences that have been put up. There's some, there's some things that have been established a long time ago. The Bible says, don't remove the old landmarks. Don't remove those old landmarks. There's some things that were placed 
in the Word of God for us not to circumvent around, not to try to say that was for another day or another era or a different people. Sometimes it's wise for us to understand why it was put there in the first place before we decide that we ought to try to move it out of our life. I simply don't want to leave the most valuable possession that I have in my entire life open to a thief. Would you stand with me today? The Bible talks about the standard. The standard being the, the banner, the standard being the insignia that represented who you were. But it says a standard is to be raised. It never talks about a standard to be lowered. The standard should be raised. I've simply watched over even the course of my 50-some years on this earth as a lot of things have changed in the name of progression, in the name of modernism, in the name of whatever is socially acceptable. And now we have things that are going on around us that we never, never fathomed would take place in a church house because there are those that have said, you know what, it just doesn't seem that important. Let's, let's go ahead and open this window up. But they didn't realize what was going to climb through the window. They were giving an invitation to a thief. Would you close your eyes and bow your head with me just for a moment? I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to think about this question. Is there anything in this world worth missing heaven over? Is there anything that you can think of in this entire world that you're willing to keep while you're alive at the cost of missing heaven when your life comes to an end? values as a nation, our values as a society, our values even as a church sometimes can change, but God's Word is the landmark. God's Word is established. God's Word does not change. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.